Hello all, welcome to Common Room Talk. My name's Tony, and I'm your host. Today we have a really exciting episode. We are doing our first interview here for the podcast, and we're going to be talking with the people who actually got me into podcasting. For me, this is huge. I love these guys. I love their podcast. I love listening to them talk, and it is absolutely a privilege to have them here on Common Room Talk. They have amazing insight into travel, into marine creatures, and just wonderful outlooks on humanity itself. They are humble and kind and supportive and exactly the kind of people that you want to have as your friends. They are goofy and funny and quirky and they also happen to be nerds. They enjoy Harry Potter, they enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, they enjoy Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, Star Trek, You name it, they probably like it. Movies, TV shows, and video games. And even though I might have made that little side jab at one of them about knowing more about Harry Potter, their insight into Harry Potter is also quite extensive. And it is going to be so much fun to really geek out about Harry Potter with somebody here. And with that being said, this isn't going to be like one of my normal episodes where we're just going through a chapter. We do have talking points that we're going to have here, but this is just different things that are brought up about Harry Potter and what it means to them, what it means to me, and just kind of talking about a bunch of different things. And without further ado, let me introduce Matt and Kimbra, not particularly in that order, of the Fantastic Cruising Podcast and Fantastic Studios on YouTube. Hello, Matt. Hello, Kimbra. How are you guys? Hey. Hey, doing uh, good. Yep, doing doing real good. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you guys for joining me here on Common Room Talk. People are probably wondering who you guys are and how you have anything to do with me. So if you guys wouldn't mind, introduce yourselves. Tell us who you guys are. Sure. You want to go first? Ladies first, right? Oh, sure. So uh, my name's Kimbra. And uh, so we do a podcast called Fantastic Cruising, and you are one of our listeners. So, of course, and I may talk about Harry Potter here and there when we do our podcast. So, of course. Just a wee bit. Uh, Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. (laughs) And I'm Matt. I am the lesser half of the duo, and and I, I enjoy Harry Potter quite a bit. I will tell you right up front that I am not nearly as knowledgeable as the person that is hosting this podcast or the lovely lady who is sitting next to me, but I am a big fan and uh, also obviously a fan of cruising. And the two sometimes overlap. (laughs) Which is really interesting. We'll definitely get into that about how cruising and, and Harry Potter get together. So you guys are into this podcast about cruising. What got you guys into podcasting and into cruising and then putting those two together? You want me to take that one? You can, yeah, I mean, you can start that one because that's kind of your thing. I I started the, so I got into cruising first, sort of by happenstance, Uh, went on a cruise. It was a short cruise. It was an inexpensive cruise. I didn't know if I'd like it. I was hooked, like almost immediately. I loved everything about it. And, uh, And when I was preparing for the cruise, I watched a lot of YouTube and I was listening to the few podcasts that were out because I was 
convinced that I was going to get ripped off on the cruise. Like I was like, they're going to nickel and dime me to death. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to learn about cruising and make sure I know what I'm doing. Well, in the process, I became familiar with different creators and stuff. And so um, over time, I was like, you know what? I could probably do this. This could be fun. I like podcasts. There were only really maybe three current podcasts on cruising at the time. So I started a podcast with a friend of mine called The Cruise Geeks, and uh, that's where you found me. And we mm -hmm. did that podcast for uh, oh, a little over uh, maybe a year and a half or something like that. And then that came to an end, uh, but we were sort of, we reimagined it and Kimbra came on the scene and I said, you know what? I want to do another podcast. And so Fantastic Cruising was born. And at first it was just me for like, what, two episodes? Four. Four episodes. And then, well, you were, you were already behind the scenes I was behind helping the scenes. me out. But I was like, you know what would make this podcast all like twice as better? Twice Is that make twice as good? <laughs> Three times as good? Four times as good? If Kimbra was on the podcast. And so mm. I coaxed her to do it. And now she is ever since then uh, been the, the star of the show. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually really funny because I remember when I first listened to you guys on Cruise Geeks, it was before my wife and I went on our first cruise. And I kind of just like what you did before we had our cruise booked, I started listening to podcasts, watching videos. And it's funny because there's definitely a lot more than like three different types of podcasts. I feel like there's cruising podcasts and videos and vlogs everywhere now. But I remember I started listening to you guys and I emailed you. And my first email was this really long like synopsis of everything I wanted to know. And you started to read it and you were like, Tony sent us like this college thesis <laughs> email <laughs> format. And uh, I, I really wanted to just ask all of my questions. And then you actually read part of it on your podcast. And I started, no pun intended, I started geeking out. Like I was telling everyone like, go listen to this podcast. I'm on here. Listen to me talk. I sound terrible, but it's really cool. Like they're talking about me on their show. And uh, it, it was really cool. Uh, and I really enjoyed having you guys read my stuff on there. And that's what really started getting me into podcasting. And so, yeah, you guys are from where? Well, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, but I've been in Florida now since for about two, 20 years, something like that. 21 years, maybe. I don't know why you're looking at me. I wasn't here with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm originally from Indiana and I've been down in Florida now for six years. Wonderful. And I'm here obviously in Ohio and it's really cool actually uh, Cheyenne and I uh, which I haven't really really said her name much on the podcast but that is my wife uh, we went to Oklahoma we drove to Oklahoma to go see her family we stopped in St. Louis to check out the arch and we took a ferry up and down the Mississippi River and that was really cool to go up there and check all of that out now you're Matt, your mom, does she still, does she live in St. Louis or does she live somewhere else now? She's still in Missouri, but she is okay. a couple hours outside and then she's in the middle of nowhere with her, with her husband and her cows. So Yeah. Yeah. Mama Sandy is by far one of my favorite people to interact with online. She is such a sweetheart. She is. I always say when it came to, I haven't won much in my life just by luck, but when it comes to moms, I hit the jackpot. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, Camber, I have, I don't think I've ever interacted with your parents in any way, <laughs> at least knowingly. They, they might have said something to me or at least reacted to something I've posted in Fantastic Cruising because I, I go through spurts where I'll post something like once or twice a day and then I'll go three weeks without posting something because I get so distracted by things. Uh, so I don't know if I've ever interacted with your parents. Probably not. They're not as active as his mom, but that's fine. But I can tell it, you still... that Kimber and I, like, we, we sync up in so many ways. And one of the many ways that we sync up is that we both have uh, really strong, positive relationships with our mother. So her mother is, is a wonderful person as well. I think so. Yeah, from from what I've picked up, she seems very supportive uh, of you guys and the podcast and all that fun stuff. And so, yeah, one of the things I want to know is, and I'm sure it's probably different for both of you, as Kimbra seems to have the... A uh, little bit of a greater passion for Harry Potter than you do, Matt. But what is it that got you guys into Harry Potter? Um, so for me, actually, I was when when Harry Potter first came out, I was absolutely not interested at all. Um, it was it was a thing that everybody was like, "Ooh, let's read the books, read the books, blah 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 blah." And my mom, you know came home all the time and she's like oh all the ladies at the office says their kids love harry potter and i'm like i don't care i'm not interested and then the first movie came out and she rented it and was like just watch it and i was like fine i'll watch the stupid movie and i liked it (laughs) (laughs) so then of course i started reading the books um and i became one of those people that did the midnight releases of the books the midnight releases of the movies and of course i i very much liked harry potter but i don't think it was actually until i moved down to florida that my obsession like really kicked in um and that could be because when i moved down here i moved down by myself so i didn't know anybody and harry potter was kind of like what i turned to as like my thing because of universal being so close Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am definitely a Harry Potter fan. I'm not on the same level, uh, but I love all things fantasy, and and I and I really have a passion for anything from the UK. So like a lot of the actors in the Harry Potter films, I knew from all of the BBC shows that I love to watch, and just that something about the the magical world that just takes you to another place and that is where my heart has always been since I was a kid whether it was science fiction or or fantasy you know Dungeons and Dragons settings or whatever any the never-ending story labyrinth dark crystal that is always my happy place so Harry Potter fits right into that genre for me absolutely it's funny you mentioned uh dark crystal that was I remember the first time I ever watched that, I was probably seven or eight years old, and I woke up. It was like three in the morning, and I ended up watching it by myself. And by the end of the movie, I'm like bawling my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea why. I mean, it, it's a great story. It was the, the first time I had ever really on my own kind of got engaged into that type of like fantasy story. Uh, but it is actually one of my favorite movies now uh, to watch. Um, so you guys are in Florida. You are close to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal. How often do you guys get to go there? So right now, not a lot because of the current health situation. We're kind of not putting ourselves out there. One of the things that I did for myself, so I I moved down to Florida 
May of 2015 and October is my birthday so for my birthday I bought myself an annual pass to Universal I didn't know who I was going with but I knew I was going so when I first got my pass I probably went a couple times a month so I went a lot because that's I woke up in the morning and I was like "Eh, let's go to let's go to Universal (laughs) I spent yeah so that's kind of it was kind of my place. I miss it. I I want to go back, and I would like things to get better so I can do so. But we have been back a couple times. A couple times, right? yes. So, but yeah. it, the crowds are definitely still there. And in force right now, they're actually busier lately than they were because we had a pass before this all happened. Yeah. I, I got a pass too, and I had been there before several times, but not as many as you, of course. And uh, actually, so we have a YouTube channel as well, which is called. Fantastic Studios and should have been called Fantastic Cruising. But when we started it, we actually had the intention of making it sort of about cruising and about Florida with an emphasis on Universal. That's why it's Fantastic Studios. And our logo for that actually has some Harry Potter um, symbolism in it. But then the world sort of shut down. We did like a a review of Hagrid's ride and, and that was it. But, Which is uh, awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's really... So I will tell you this. Having lived in Florida for this long, I was kind of burnt out on theme parks. I was kind of done with them. Like, you you know, I, I can only go so many times before waiting in that line just doesn't pay off anymore. When Harry Potter opened up at Universal, it changed all that. Because when you go to any other theme park, it was like you were sort of in this world but whatever the theme park was that was stamped all over it so it was not you weren't really there you were like in the mcdonald's happy meal toy version of that area harry potter was different because jk rowling made it that way everything in there is completely immersive and that is awesome and unfortunately fortunately not unfortunately fortunately other theme parks and other parts of universal are sort of have learned from that. But so universal by getting Harry Potter sort of revived theme parks for me. And I still enjoy it quite a bit. That's really cool. I have only been one time and that was on my honeymoon. And so I, I definitely plan on going back. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do it before I really talk about it more in the podcast. I really want to, but it'll be all right. Is there anything that you guys dislike about the park or things that you do like anything that you would want to highlight likes dislikes anything like that um i mean there's there's nothing major that i dislike i mean i love the park diagon alley is like the most magical place in the world if you've Mm. never been there as soon as you walk around that corner into like those opening bricks it's just like crazy awesome um and i i've been there so many times and I still every time I walk through that area I'm just like wow I'm in this world um the only thing I would say is that area does get crowded so Mm -hmm. if you're there at the wrong time sometimes you can't take it in the same way as if it's less crowded and and I would say I would agree with that when you're in the Harry Potter areas in either park I mean every inch is thought out every inch is planned and that is why it's so immersive and the way that they yeah the way they do the entrance to that where you don't even people who've never been there 
if they didn't know Harry Potter was there, they might miss that whole section. Or if you mm. were like, didn't know about that, you'd be like, where's Harry Potter? Is this the wrong part? There's, there's actually, what's kind of funny is there's some areas that, or some staff that you'll go to and say, where's this area? Like, where's, where's Diagon Alley? Or where's the Harry Potter? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like they actually make it. I was getting onto the train one time to go to the other side of the park. And I had a sticker on my Universal Pass that said Hufflepuff. And she looked at it and she's like, Hufflepuff, what's that? And I said, that's my Harry Potter house. She's like, what? And it wasn't until I went through the line that I was like, oh, she's playing the part. Like, she doesn't know what it is. And I think that's, that's something that's really cool about about it. Yeah. What what I don't like about the park is is – Kind of the rest of the park. Like, I mean, it's okay, <laughs> but the rest of the parks are like if it, I wouldn't have a pass if it was just the rest of the parks. And I guess the only thing that I resent a little bit about Harry Potter and the Universal theme parks is that they tore down Jaws, and, <laughs> you know, but I can, I can get past that. Yeah. And, and to what Kimber was saying, I, I know I mentioned this in, in one of the past episodes, but one of the best parts about Harry Potter and the wizarding world in the way that J.K. Rowling created it is just the mystery behind how it is hidden inside of the real world as if it could really exist. That's part of just the the, the mystery behind it that just makes it so unique and, and honestly magical. Like, And that's what I love about it. And so it's really cool that they kind of keep up that facade as well inside of the theme park. Yeah. And I know that when it comes to traveling itself, so before I ever got into cruising, I was really big into land-based vacations. And with that comes the like the, the tips and tricks that you kind of pick up with, like, when do you go on vacation? How should you get there? Should you drive? Should you fly? What time of the year? What's the weather going to look like? And one of the things that we had learned growing up was you never go to a theme park while school is on a holiday break, so whether <laughs> right. it's summer or just holidays. And so I always found like the best time to go to places is the very first week that kids are back in school because there's no one at theme parks then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we we are actually, uh, with our work, we're going to take a flex day for Labor Day coming up, which so we're going to take a Wednesday, and our pass includes the, the water park at Universal. And so... We're really excited because we're going to go to the water park because everybody's going to be at school and at work. And, and they're done with their long empty. vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, during the school year, during the week, definitely the time to go. Yes. And so with that, I actually I have some questions that I want to ask you guys. And I, I'm really interested in this just because of the dynamic between you two, one having the greater passion for Harry Potter than the other. And I'm really interested to see how your guys' answers will, will line up with these. And so I'll go ahead and just ask these questions. You guys give me your answers. We can talk about it. And then we'll just go on to the next question. And so the first one that I have for you guys is which preference do you have in going through the Harry Potter series, the books, the movies, or the audiobooks? I'll let you go first. Well, this is where our differences are going to be apparent in this question because I have never read the books. Uh, I have start. I started to read the books before the movies came out, and I I couldn't get past that first Dursley's part. I could now, mm-hmm. but it's like I, now that I know the characters and stuff. Um, I've listened to a little bit of the audiobooks with Stephen Fry because I'm a big Stephen Fry fan, uh, and I enjoyed them. I just don't haven't had the time to do that. 
but so so definitely for me it's the movies you you just lost uh half of the fandom i know <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i i totally look i totally appreciate the books and i'm always interested when i hear things that are in the books that are different or more in depth than in the movies and at some point i'm sure i will at least listen to the to the audiobooks but uh but man i mean the I've seen the movies a lot, so those are my favorite so far. So far. How about that? So we'll far. leave it there. So far. That works. And you, Kimbra? So I really like the audiobooks. I started listening to them on Audible, which, of course, is the Jim Dale version. Mm-hmm. Um, and his listening to him, do I've heard you talk about it. I'm right there with you. However, there is something about sitting down with the book itself and reading because that's how, of course, I initially – experienced it but yeah audiobooks with jim dale i have listened to some of stephen fry and it is good but jim dale is how i listened to it first so yeah yeah no i've i've also listened to bits and pieces of of stephen fry's and i really he does a great job and he also a great british actor Uh, i however i think that jim dale's voice dynamic is just so i don't want to say better but it's more to my taste than Stephen Fry, I, I feel like Jim Dale does more character voices. Mm. If if I'm not mistaken, just yeah, from every, a little every bit character I've heard. has a voice. I I don't know how he does it. I've tried to do. What did I try and read to you one time? I tried to read something and do voices, <laughs> and like <laughs> the voice changed every single time. Whoever <laughs> like the character was one thing, and then like five seconds later, it was something completely. Now different. you know the challenges of being a dungeon master. I'm just saying. Mm. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have a favorite or least favorite character? My favorite character is Luna. I also really like Tonks, but I think that's the Hufflepuff thing. Um, Mm -hmm. My least favorite character is the worst character in the series, which is Umbridge. Do you you have a reason why to those? Um, So Luna is... is just a little odd, and I feel like there's, there's something about her that's very much like me just a just a little odd <laughs> um um umbridge is just a straight up evil person like she is yes. evil because she wants to be not because like like voldemort's evil whatever but umbridge is evil on a different level yeah so for me i i'm not gonna lie i cheated i did two for each of them uh my my favorite characters are Luna Lovegood because I love zany, goofy, silly. I mean, that's why I love Kimber so much. And and I was the weird art student kid. I mean, I just I feel like I would that's she's the one I would have been friends with. That's how it would have been when I was like in high school or elementary school even. Um, but I am a huge Gary Oldman fan and I love Sirius mm. Black. Uh, I just think he's like one of the coolest people on the planet and an amazing actor. And that, I love his character in that too. Um, as far as least favorite Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange, I love to hate. I love her character. I enjoy her on the screen, even though I don't root for her because she's just evil, but she's crazy evil. And I kind of appreciate that. Umbridge I put down too, but Umbridge is one that I just detest because she's just like, Ugh, like like a, she scares me like in real life kind of person but yes so that so we're we are kind of synced up on that one yeah i feel like umbridge is going to be 
the the universal answer for everyone. Probably. At least I hope it would be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I mean, there there are other characters that I dislike that I'm going to save for a different episode because uh, I have a list of people that I don't like and very extensive reasons as to why I don't like them. Um, the the Dursleys being pretty near the top of that list, yeah. uh, simply because of the way that they they treat Harry. But yeah, no, that's really cool. I, I like those those answers. But how about classes? And I feel like maybe because Kimber's been through the books, she'll probably have a better insight into this question than Matt, but they do have the classes in, in the movies. So uh, hopefully I can get something from you inside of that, Matt. Uh, but least favorite and favorite classes. You want to go first on this one? I'll, I'll go first because I don't have as much because literally you you nailed, you hit the nail on the head because when I read that question, I was like, oh, what what? I know there were classes in the movies. Like I remember a couple of them, but I didn't see enough of them to develop a lot of feelings for them. But um, she was naming some of the classes, and I think if I was an actual student at Hogwarts, my favorite class would be the Magical Creatures class, because obviously I'm a huge creature person, and so that would definitely be my favorite. I don't know what my least favorite would be. I don't. None of them sounded bad. They all sounded fun to me. I, I like... <laughs> I, I hated school when I was a kid, but I like school as an adult, so it's kind of weird that way, but yeah. Yeah. I will say, Cameron, before you answer, the only negative that I would think a class would have, well, two possible negatives. One would be the teacher, depending on who's teaching it, because we know that there are teachers that nobody likes. But I think doing, as interesting as astrology would be, having to get up at two in the morning to take your class would be terrible. Yes. And they do it. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with my least favorite based on what you just said. So the class that I would dislike the most would be History of Magic because of Professor Binns. The way that he's described is like, there's no way. No way. I don't... History is not my subject anyways. The only other one that maybe would be like, if I was a muggle-born, which of course I'm not. I'm full-on wizard. Um, But if I I were a muggle-born, maybe muggle studies... Because why yeah. would I want to take Muggle studies if I already know the Muggle world? I mean, Hermione does. Yeah, but her, Hermione's a different breed. <laughs> She's very different, yes. You know, I've always thought it would be really cool if they did like a, I don't want to say like a home ec class, like how they have that in Muggle schools. But if they had some kind of like cooking class that were taught by house elves, that would be really interesting. That would be cool, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then my favorite, my favorite class, and I think it's just because of like the first scene in the first movie is, would be Transfiguration. That first scene when they walk in and Professor McGonagall turns from the cat into like herself, like there's something about that that I'm like, well, that would be an amazing first class. Mm. It'd make an impression. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually one of my, my favorite scenes in the movies. I think that that part is in my opinion, better than how they, they do it in the book. It's one of the few things that I enjoy more in the movies. Um, I, I, I have a question. Hang on. I have a question. So yeah. Where do where do all these Hogwarts kids learn the, the regular stuff, like math and English? And Did I have that conversation with you the other day or yes, with someone else? I think, I think you had it with me. I'm okay. like, do, do they learn? Like, they have to take, they have to learn all the regular stuff too, right? 
or do they just they well so some of them do uh, we see obviously with harry that uh, anybody who is being raised by muggles before hogwarts usually is going to some sort of muggle schooling and so there's definitely learning there inside of hogwarts i mean you have classes like arithmancy where they they are learning math and that does seem to be not a required course that they have to take it is something that they can elect to take and I don't know. Like, it might not be as important there, but it's a very good question. But I know that also inside of the way that they have their, their teaching structure set up, parents have the option to keep their kids home and teach their kids everything there. So I, I'm assuming that maybe there's probably a very heavy emphasis on basic English or whatever your language is and math and, and just these basic studies happen probably at home. So they're all homeschooled for the regular stuff, and then they get the. <laughs> I'm, you know, I just, I just wondered about these things. Well, I wondered at first. Did you? You probably, you probably. I brought it up. I'm guessing that, like, <laughs> even with like somebody could ask, well, like, what about science classes? Like, when you when you start taking potions, I mean, that is a scientific. That's your true. chemistry like, study. Lots of chemistry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of those basics are probably taken care of. And then when you also think about the fact that, like, for a, a good example is. In the movies, when you see Professor Flitwick teaching them the, the swish and flick and the incantations for the the hovering charm, Wingardium Leviosa, they have to learn not just probably how to say it properly, but you're, you're learning basically the Latin mm-hmm. basis for a lot of these words. And so I could, I could also see that as you're going through and learning spells, you're also being taught the way to say them. And so there's probably a huge emphasis on just – language arts in general like pronunciations reading speaking clearly all of these things it's probably just built into it that's fair yeah that makes sense and and that's just guesswork on my on my end i've never really (laughs) studied it because that's a it's a good question honestly um but moving on to spells do you guys have a favorite and least favorite spell this one i struggled with because i I enjoy the spells, obviously, but um, none of them really, none of them stand out for me as, I think if I was, if I was playing a wizard in a Harry Potter role-playing game, I would probably develop favorite spells and least favorite spells because they would be useful to me in the campaign with that character. But as a, as somebody who just enjoying the Harry Potter world, I couldn't, I could not come up with one that I like, liked more than... I don't like the death curse because I just I just some kind of person that wouldn't like that. But maybe that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Um, so I I actually looked up a list of spells because I didn't want to pick like like the normal. <laughs> well, because you know when you think of spells, the first thing you think of is like the Patronus charm and mm-hmm. Alohomora and Lumos. Like I didn't want to choose one of those because I'm like that's what you know everyone picks. So I started yeah. looking at at a list. And I was like, you know what? A really cool spell is apparition. Like, mm. just to be like, I want to go here now and just be there. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's the one I chose. <laughs> and do you have a least favorite? Um, I picked all of the unfor- unforgivable curses mm. because they're all bad. Now, I will say, even though it is a killing curse, it can be useful in the sense of, if you don't want to get near that spider that's crawling up your wall, just <laughs> oh, actually, get rid of it that way. You know way. what? This is going to sound really bad, but I would probably use the Cruciatus Curse on it first. 
Wow. Well, there goes there goes the other half of my fandom. Thanks, Kimber. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What? Why? What? Would, what did that spider do to you other than crawl on the wall? Exactly. I mean, it, it scared me. <laughs> Aren't you all about creatures? Don't you guys work in a place where you're all about creatures? I if, am. If they have more than four legs. That's not true. That's not true. You like... Unless it's a butterfly. Or a lobster or a crab or... And doesn't live in the water. <laughs> <laughs> there are spiders that live in the water. There, there are. Right? Yeah, there absolutely are. Okay, well, if it has eight legs, I don't like it. It's fair enough. It's it's a painful <laughs> it's a painful part of our relationship because I I love spiders, um, so it's it's hard for me to. <laughs> I I enjoy looking at them. I know uh, last fall we had an orb weaver spider that kind of made this really gorgeous web in our window. And our window looks out towards the sunrise in the mornings, and it'd be really cool in the mornings, and the sun would come up, and I could see each of the little reflections in the the huge web that would pop up there. It was it was really really gorgeous, but the the spider itself got a little too big for my liking, and I had to <laughs> get rid of it. And uh, I, I will answer my my question for you guys with the with the spells because I do have one that I dislike and like the most that I don't really plan on talking independently about anywhere else but i really enjoy uh the conjunctivitis jinx i think and this is this is based on something that i heard I, have you guys ever heard of the comedian dane cook mm-hmm. it sounds familiar he, he was really big kind of like in the mid to, to late 2000s and he has this bit where he talks about like if he could have any superpower it would be to uh, shoot spaghetti out of his fingers <laughs> In case, like, he's, like, ever on a date with somebody who doesn't like them, he's just like, you know what, here's some spaghetti, and just shoot it all over them. And something I thought about was, like, if somebody makes me really mad, just getting them sick. Like, here you go, enjoy being sick, which is probably really <laughs> taboo now to say in COVID era. But <laughs> right, <I was> right. <laughs> Not that kind of sick, just uh, yeah, <laughs> just mildly just uncomfortable for a bit. Enjoy your stuffy nose for the next week. <laughs> um, but the, the, the spell that I least like is the confundus. Uh, I, I think it would be a charm, but it's really frustrating to me because when I look at what people do with confundus and confunding people, it's honestly no different than the imperious curse. Like you're impacting somebody's will to do something and in some cases their physical ability to do something. And I see it being no different than the imperious curse. Because of that, I don't like it simply because of the fact that people... Uh, on the good side, look at it as something that is okay to use. And granted, there are situations where we see Harry and even Professor McGonagall use the Imperious Curse in, I wouldn't say a good way because there isn't a good way of doing it, but in a way that was helpful to them. And so, yeah, I don't like the Confundus charm. I'm pretty sure it's a charm. This question that I have next it was, it's honestly, again, for both of you, but I thought this would be one that Matt would really enjoy. <laughs> and I asked you guys this before because I, I want to talk about one or the other, but do you guys have a favorite and least favorite creature inside of the Harry Potter universe? You want me to go first yeah. on this one? So, I, again, I struggled with this because, you know, there's not many creatures. There aren't any creatures I really don't like. Uh, but I definitely I, I have a, an affinity for people in any sort of fantasy uh, and also dragons. So I don't know. Kimber was like, well, which breed of dragon? And I'm like, I don't know. And she was like showing me all of them. And I'm like, I still don't know. So, uh, but those two would 
stand out for me of the creatures that I am familiar with as the ones that are my favorite. Mer people I want to be, dragons I want to just snuggle with. I, I, <laughs> I, I pick the same thing. You did? Yeah, I mean, dragons are really flipping cool. I mean, I guess we do, yeah. And kind of have a mini dragon. Basically, so. a mermaid. That's true. Yes. So. You have the dress to prove it. I do. I have a mermaid dress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and really quick, Kimber, you've already said that you are a Hufflepuff. Matt, do you have a Funny house? story. Uh, so, <laughs> when I originally did the Pottermore thing, I came up as a, as a Slytherin, which. I attributed to the questions I asked or got asked. A lot of them were asking me things about whether I liked things with scales or something, I think. But my personality is not Slytherin at all. So I was always sort of confused by that. But I, you know, I, I adopted it. Well, I guess Pottermore came out with like a a new quiz and said, hey, you can retake this. And so I did. And I came out as a Ravenclaw and from my research of Ravenclaw, I'm like, oh, that definitely sounds way more like me, like my personality. So mm. so I feel much more confident in saying I'm a Ravenclaw. I just like snakes and scaly things. That's all right. Awesome. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What I don't know, are you Gryffindor? What are what house are you? I mean, can you not see that? Oh, yeah, right there. Right behind him is a Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who who is listening that this is there is a banner behind me that is the Gryffindor <laughs> crest and says Gryffindor underneath it if anybody is confused as to what Matt is talking about and yeah definitely a Gryffindor all the tests that I've taken come out as Gryffindor but just basing on my own personality I I think I 100% match up with the descriptions of Gryffindors inside of the books and movies but with that do you guys and this is you could incorporate the books if you the audiobooks at least in this question, but do you guys have a favorite actor or actress from the universe? You better go right. first on this one. Well, mine's I'm going to be a... sorry. I'm going to actually jump back to your last question because I didn't tell you my least favorite creature. Oh, oh right, right. Which Oh, all right. I, R- rewind. If, go ahead. It's the Acromantula, and I just have to say <laughs> that because, you just know. You had to say that, didn't you? I I mean, it's a spider and we've already talked about me not liking them. That's all. Um, she was beside herself. I mean, Aragog's dead. Um, anyways, um, so my my favorite actress is Helena Bonham Carter. She's phenomenal, not only in Harry Potter but everything she does. I don't have a least favorite because I think everyone in that movie rocks it. Those movies, yes. I guess. It's those movies. Mine is, is uh, I, I could give you a long list because like, like I said in the beginning, I really love British television and movies. And so a lot of the actors that are in this are in a lot of the shows that I love and our movies that mm-hmm. I love. I, I also um, like her. You didn't write that down. On I didn't because she's yeah, she. So but there's so many <laughs> the cast there. There is no weak cast member that I could really think of in the Harry Potter films. Um, but, uh, Gary Oldman, of course, like I said, is, is he's one of my favorite all time actors from the time he did Sid and Nancy when I was younger and watched him do that role. But Don French is also one of my favorite actresses or actors. And she, I, I became familiar with her from the Vicar of Dibley, which is a wonderful comedy 
uh, from the 90s on British television where she plays a, a female vicar that goes into this little bitty town in England. It's hilarious. And she's just so funny and so talented. And then Mark Williams, who plays uh, Ron's dad, is is a character in my favorite television show ever called Red Dwarf, which is a sci-fi, British sci-fi comedy series. He plays a character called Olaf Peterson. And so I knew him from way back then. So I'm seeing in the in that show, he plays this sort of drunken um, Danish guy. So the first time I see Harry Potter, it was really weird for me to see him in that role because I'm used to him being a completely different person. And then I also love Miranda Richardson, um, who is the photographer, the news. Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. Is that what it is? Rita, Rita yes, Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. But she, she is in my probably second favorite show called Black Adder, which is another British show and uh, the second season of that. So, yeah, I, I really love the cast of, uh, of Harry Potter. That's really cool. My, uh, my answer to it is Dumbledore uh, because I really love Richard Harris as Dumbledore. When I close my eyes and I think of Dumbledore, Richard Harris, in my opinion, fits it perfectly. He was gentle and soft, and yet he radiated that power and that confidence that you see throughout the entire book series. And Michael Gambon, even though he is a great actor, and I I love him as an actor, I don't like how he portrays Dumbledore at all in the movies. And it actually, it ruins parts of Goblet of Fire for me, which I know that there is a huge uproar about. There's a, a long running joke about Michael Gambon's Dumbledore in the, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire scene? And but yeah, Richard Harris, Michael Gammon, the answers to that question for me. Now, what I have next are just kind of like your thoughts on different aspects in the movies and in the books. And the first part that I have here is, is there anything in the movies or the books that you really love or really hate? Not a specific character or spell or anything like that, but is there any part or anything at all in there that you really love or really hate? Um, so I have, um, I would say the the detail and the descriptions like when you sit down and read or watch or listen to any of it you are put into that world because it is so descriptive and detailed and that world to me is so magical I would love to be in it yeah Yeah, I would say with the movies I kind of have the same thing kind of like I said earlier on with the movies like the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and all those sorts of things like the Harry Potter films are are one of those types of movies. I mean, I know there's eight of them, but it, to me, it's one big, long movie that just transports you. And And you could be in a bad mood. You could be depressed. You could be um, distracted by, by something and stressed out. And you watch those films, and there's a good chance that they're going to take you to this other place. And that is really special. And not too many films really pull that off. Um, what about when it comes to the movies, is there anything that you guys wish would have been added from the books? And I'm sure this is probably more a Kimbra heavy question. So for me, I would say I wish that the third movie would have actually followed the book more. When I first read the books, I'd say before like the last few came out, Prisoner of Azkaban was my favorite book and I think it was a lot of people's favorite book um but it was my favorite and once that third movie came out and it just like skipped so much that was so important 
I just didn't like it the same way. So I really wish that the third yeah. movie would have actually followed the book. The only thing I know of that's different in the books and the movies, because we just had this in a trivia question, was that apparently in the books, the snake in the zoo is a boa constrictor. And in the movies, it's a Burmese python. And I just, I don't know why they changed it. I don't have strong feelings about it either way, but uh, <laughs> I'm just curious if they just, maybe they just felt like, um, I feel like boa constrictor is a more familiar creature, but the Burmese python is a, is a larger, more yeah, intimidating sure snake. So Hollywood, but you know, like I said, I, I'm not yay or nay either direction. I just thought that was an interesting change. That's really cool that you pointed that out because that was something that I, I didn't point out in that episode where I talked about that scene. So that's really cool that you are able to point that out for us and you being <laughs> the, the reptile guy that you are. Uh, I would be uh, disappointed if you didn't point something like that out. <laughs> for me, there isn't anything that I would – sorry, there are, there's an entire list of things that I would <laughs> add to the movies. Like even in The Order of the Phoenix at the end of one of the Quidditch matches when Malfoy – gets beat up by Harry and one of the Weasley twins, and they don't have that in there. That is by far my one of my favorite parts in the entire series. The first time I read that, I literally out loud was like, yes, get him, beat him up. <laughs> yeah, I was all about it. I was really excited for that part. But the one thing that I would make a change to, and it bugs me so much, in the Half-Blood Prince, in the movie, when they are at the burrow for Christmas, and... Out of nowhere, Death Eaters just start showing up at the burrow. They kind of apparate in. And then there's a fight scene that happens that is nowhere in the books. And the fact that the Death Eaters know where they are completely ruins the entire basis of the protection charms around the burrow. It's like, at that point, why didn't Voldemort just show up and start killing everybody if they knew where they were? And that is something that has always made me angry when it comes to the movies. I agree with that one. That's good. And let's see here. So I also have... Is there a character that you most relate to? And Kimber, you kind of already alluded to this earlier, but is there a character you relate most to and why? Yeah, so um, like you said, I kind of talked about it earlier. It would definitely be Luna. Um, when growing up, I didn't have like a ton of friends. I was kind of like the, the weird odd one out. And I feel like Luna just absolutely falls into that for me. And when I, when I was younger, I was like, you know, oh, this sucks. I have no friends. But now I'm like absolutely totally embracing the fact that, you know, I'm weird and out there. And the friends that I have, just like just like Luna, are like they're good, solid friends. And I know that they're always there. Yeah, I, I have that same connection to, to Luna. But also uh, Hagrid, I feel not just that he loves animals, but it just he's so kind and empathetic. And I feel like that I am like that sometimes to a fault. Um, and then also Harry's fairness. Um, I, I'm the person that I cannot like if you play the video games where you have the choice of playing a good or an evil character, I cannot play an evil character. It, the, the best I can do is force myself to really make the bad choices in the video game. And then I, I completely get. I'm not submersed in it at all. I just can't do it. It's not in me. I, I'm not the person that ever rooted for Darth Vader or any of that. Like, so I, I kind of feel like Harry kind of has that too. Like he's always going to be the good guy. And I, and I feel like I'm cursed with that. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's that's really good, and I can definitely, especially the Hagrid. If I had to pick one for you, it, it would be Hagrid, and not simply because of the creatures thing, but also because of something. It, for people who have never extensively listened to Matt talk, you can hear it in his voice. I personally think that you exude kindness, even in just the way that you talk and the way that you. Not just when it comes to conservation efforts for the environment that you talk about from time to time in your guys' podcast, but the way that you just address, like, the way that you should treat people and the way that you should treat animals, you honestly do exude kindness in just the way that you talk. And it's the same way that Hagrid is, and that is definitely a comparison that I would make. That's a kind thing to say. I I owe it all to my mom. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Mama Sandy, if you're listening, for raising Matt the right way. The last question that I have inside of this, is there anything that you guys would change about the story at all? No. I mean, I, I like the story the way it is. I I have I have one major complaint about the Harry Potter films. <laughs> it's it's a large portion of the seventh movie. Uh, the the whole Ron jealous of Harry teenage angst thing. I felt like I was watching Twilight instead of Harry Potter. And I <laughs> there I still like the movie as on the whole, but it is by far my least favorite. And I cannot stand that whole section uh, of the of the film. I, I understand the reasons for it and stuff, but um, it just went on forever. I just I, I just that's the only part of the whole film series that I'm just like, Bleh. but yes, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I think the, the book portion of that is even though there's not a part of the books that I don't like for me, it's a hard portion to get through because I'm just like, I already know what's going to happen. And I don't like that this is happening in the first place. But there is one thing that I would change. And it's because I enjoy redemptive arcs. I wish that Draco Malfoy would be redeemed a little bit better than how he is at the end. Simply because when you see the, and this is a um, kind of like a, a futuristic look here. This is a spoiler alert, but 19 years later, when you see Malfoy and his wife and his son, Scorpius, and they look over at Harry and Ron and he kind of nods his head, it, you see a civility there that really isn't explained well. Like, why is it that they're okay with each other now? And I would love to know why that is. Like, where does that come from? And I, I would love to hear more of a redemptive arc for, for Malfoy. Let, let, me, let me push back on that a little bit, um, just for fun. Would it, would it be as believable? Because it happens, I mean, I, I know it happens over a period of time, but, but he sort of, you, you can tell that that change, he accepts that change at the end of the, of the last film or the, the last book, I suppose. But um, if it, if they would have pushed that further, would it have been less believable? I don't know. It would, I think, depend on the time. Now, obviously, if you're part of the, there, there's, I was actually really surprised. There's the, a huge chunk of the fandom that doesn't like the cursed child, but inside of the cursed child, you do see it's after the 19 year mark, but you do see more of interaction with adult Malfoy and adult ron hermione and harry and you still see some hostility there but there's still a really great amount of civility between them that i don't think would have come out of nowhere but i do know that something that from what i understand this is all like hearing stuff on the internet which we uh, everyone knows you can trust (laughs) everything you hear on the internet 
But apparently there was a scrapped idea in the last movie, which I think would have been phenomenal, where you see Malfoy actually throw his wand to Harry, and Harry uses that to fight against Voldemort. And I think maybe not that exactly because of the whole wand lore thing that happens, but something along the lines where if there was a moment where Malfoy... It it doesn't have to be big, but just a moment where you see that, that side switch happen in his mind where he's no longer on the evil side but on the good side that's what i mean by the redemptive just even just a subtle nod towards the fact that he's no longer with Voldemort. like darth vader throwing the emperor down the i mean that's a really extreme (laughs) i don't know why i'm I'm, I'm bringing star wars into this but (laughs) but uh yeah no that i could see that 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 would make sense so yeah now when it comes to just your lives in general and and how harry potter is incorporated into it is there anything in your life at all that was changed because of Harry Potter? Um, so, so for me, nothing, nothing major. However, some of the friendships that I have are kind of, I don't know, I kind of have a, a stronger friendship in certain ways with some of them because of our, our like of Harry Potter. So, so like if there's something, there's always Harry Potter that we can come back to. Other than that, there's nothing, like, really major in my life. Other than half of the decorations in our in our apartment. <laughs> like the wall yeah. of, of Harry Potter behind oh, us. Oh, that, that stuff. <laughs> I, this is what I would say. So through my life, there have been a few series of movies that are movies that I don't just watch a couple times. I watch them every year. And um, those movies have been like uh, Star Wars was one, but for a long time, Jurassic Park movies were, were in that category. The Lord of the Rings movies are in that category. And maybe more than any other series of movies that are that big of a part of my movie watching life is probably the Harry Potter movies. Maybe Lord of the Rings comes close to that or maybe more or equal, but um it's just something that now, ironically, I was getting ready to say, you know, what's we fun? haven't really watched them we together, haven't. which is really weird because up until then, probably both of us have watched all the movies every year as they were available over and over again. I mean, that was that was actually the that's the movie that if I'm just like doing something and I want to play something in the background, I throw on a Harry Potter movie. But yeah, we have not like sat down and watched them. It's it's my fall winter movie. It's series. my whenever I want movie. <laughs> it makes me think of it just it, like going to Universal Studios. I feel like it's the best time to go is when it's cold, which is hard to find that in Florida. But that's when it feels the rightest to me. And that's when it feels the rightest. Like between Halloween and Christmas, that's when I want. That's when I love to watch Harry. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it other times, but that's when I love to watch Harry Potter. The big hot bowl of soup or stew it's a little chilly outside, or you pretend it is if you live in Florida, and uh, that's that's when it really just hits home for me. Hot butter beer. As a, mm. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. There you go. So when it gets down to that like crisp <laughs> sixty-eight exactly. to seventy-one yep. degrees for you guys, <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> now, I would say the biggest change for me was that the the Harry Potter books actually got me into reading. I, I didn't really care for reading books much before then. And then as I told that story about how I uh, took the uh, the fourth Harry Potter book from the library that, that we had where, where we lived, 
and never gave back. I'm still borrowing indefinitely, if you're wondering. Um, is well, I don't have it any longer because it ended up getting destroyed in a house fire. But um, getting into the books is what got me into reading and, and why I enjoy reading so much. Tony, now. did you read the books before the movies or did you see the movies and then read the books? So the I, I saw the first movie first. Like that's what really got me interested in it. And it was really funny because when I went to go see the the movie, I saw it twice in theaters. And the second time that I went to go see it, I saw it by myself because my 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 brother and my lifelong friend then went to go see Lord of the Rings and the the movies the showtimes were at the same time and we came out at the same time and I couldn't stop talking about Harry Potter and they couldn't <laughs> stop talking about Legolas and I'm like look I don't care about this dumb elf I want to tell you guys about Harry Potter even though you've already seen it uh, and from that point on that's when I went and started getting into the books now one of the things that I'm really curious about even though I can answer this question but not to the degree that you guys can is how the heck does cruising and Harry Potter go together? You guys run this podcast uh, about cruising. Again, fantastic cruising. Go go check their podcast out. It is amazing. You Even if you don't like cruising, just listening to them talk about their passion, it, it makes you just kind of forget where you are and, and you just – you get sucked into listening and you get to hear about amazing creatures that you never really ever thought about. You get to think about what you can do to make their environment better for them and you get to learn really cool words like <laughs> sargasm and it's not sarcasm. It's sargasm and you get to learn all of these really cool things when you listen to it. But how does cruising and Harry Potter come together? So one of the things that happens during during cruises is they usually do trivia. And Harry Potter trivia is one of the more popular trivias that they do. So trivia is my answer to that. Also, on Halloween, you can usually dress up. And I often, well, I've been on one Halloween cruise. But I dressed up in my robes. Well, so. I've seen quite a few people dress up. To go to Harry Potter trivia oh, done, on non-Halloween cruises, too. I've, I mean, I've worn my Harry Potter stuff. I haven't, like, dressed up for Harry Potter trivia, but, yeah. Yeah, so, the, I mean, it's it's pretty big because, I mean, Harry Potter's so popular. There is an actual Harry Potter river cruise that has happened, but it's, like, it's not, it's not the same kind of, of cruise. Dollars. Yeah, it's so expensive. It's so, so I would I'm do sure it if amazing. I could. And now, you guys were just on a cruise, right? We were. We were. And they had Harry Potter trivia, didn't they? Yeah. It's a you're you're gonna hit a you're gonna hit a, a little bit of a nerve here. So that's what that's <laughs> what I'm going for. I'm going for the jugular here. Uh, what what happened during this this trivia? Well, let me just say let me just say this. So so the the uh, the Goblet of Fire. No, the what's the uh, what's the cup? This is where I'm going to expose myself as not the Triwizard Cup. The the Triwizard Cup that you want on a cruise on a carnival cruise ship is called a ship on a stick and it's a plastic gold colored cruise ship on a stick a vessel on a trestle if you will and you win this if you win a trivia or various other uh, contests that you can participate in on board so let me just say this kimbra has won several of those by winning the harry potter trivia in the past but not not on our most recent cruise yeah, I'm I'm pretty upset about it. But it, it's okay because you said that you missed uh, two questions, but one of them I don't think you really would have missed had they had it correct because 
it, it comes down to whether or not you consider an epilogue a chapter, which I do. I think an epilogue is a chapter because it's no different than any of the numbered chapters. It's just titled differently. You're still reading a portion of a book that is separate from the other portions of the book that have been divvied out and called chapters. And so if you don't include the epilogue, you have 198 chapters. If you do include the epilogue, which I think most people do, you have 199. And nobody got that one right. So so I actually, I didn't know that one at all. That was the first question that came out. <laughs> and I honestly didn't have a clue on that one. So I was actually off by 102 <laughs> with my guess. So yeah, that one came out and, and I know I was totally wrong. But now I have the answer. So I know. She'll never get that question I'll never get wrong again. Well, I can tell you there's 142 staircases in Hogwarts. And I know that and I remember that. Because of a trivia question on a ship. During the trivia night for Harry Potter on our cruise, being a huge fan that I am, and and rightfully so, I'm sitting here talking about it in a podcast, they ended up asking questions that they couldn't even get the correct question out. And so you end up having to correct (laughs) them in the way that they're either pronouncing it or they completely like get a character name wrong or they give an answer that is very blatantly incorrect and so you sometimes have to kind of give them the the right answers or the right questions to ask and they showed me because i asked where they where they kept their 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 trivia books and, and their papers and they actually have like a book that's like this thick that apparently one of the the crew members on the ship uh, at least for personally where we were at came up with the questions because they were an avid fan themselves but no it's really cool that they are uh, incorporated that way, the the cruising and and Harry. So Potter. if you get that question on a cruise, make sure you say 198 plus the epilogue if you count that 199, and then you're covered either way. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They can't question you that. So I don't have. I'm not. I don't think, believe I'm going to have video up for this. I might. I, I really enjoy the the way that your guys's stuff looks behind you, um, but. If I do have the video up, it's going to answer my next question, which is do you guys have any kind of collections or memorabilia from Harry Potter? Matt, do you have anything? I mean, I used to have a wand. Um, (laughs) And I have, well, I had a Slytherin shirt and a Slytherin, um, what do you call it? Lanyard. Lanyard, thank you. Uh, And now I have a Ravenclaw shirt and I have a hat pin, Ravenclaw hat pin. And you have your Deathly have, Hollow shirt. I have a Deathly Hollow shirt. I have, um, I have a Slytherin mug. I need to get a Ravenclaw mug. Oh yeah. Now I have to buy everything over again. Uh, I think that's probably it. I mean, I've owned the movies, but I think that covers the. You the, have a you have a Harry Potter fan. I have a Harry Potter. I don't. I don't. I would. I would never say that I own that though. <laughs> Maybe it's heart. <laughs> Hopefully, her heart. So I have I have a few more things than that. Just just a few. Just a smidge. So I I forgot to recount them, but sixteen wands, if if that number is still accurate, it, it's possible that's more, but it's at least sixteen wands. And like you said, the wall behind me, I have a lot of other items, pops and collectibles and items <laughs> do you have a favorite do i have a favorite item my hufflepuff cup yeah i 
like the Hufflepuff guy. Actually, my my first wand. Well, I have. I bought three wands my first time at Universal because I couldn't just buy one. Um, I bought Draco's wand and Bellatrix's wand, and I bought one of the, like the choose your own interactive wands. I don't know. Yeah, the Lego. The Lego. The Harry Potter Lego. The Lego set you got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that stuff. <laughs> I like Tonks's wand. Molly's wand is really cool. Yeah. I don't think I have a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I um, I, I have a few things, not nearly as much as you. On one of your shelves, you probably have more stuff than I do. Um, but I have a, a set of snow globes. I, I really enjoy snow globes, but I have a a set of the the trio harry ron and hermione they each have their own snow globe made by the uh the san francisco music box and snow globe company and from what i understand they don't make these anymore and so they're really cool they're very dear to me each one plays the uh the harry potter theme song to it but those are probably my favorite part of the collection that I. that's really cool you have a personalized video from one um, of the Weasley brothers. Okay, I'm sorry. There's a question that he's going to oh ask my later. Oh, I was sorry. waiting for that I'm one. I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. Forget that. I didn't say anything. Way to ruin it. <laughs> Everybody uh, just kind of obliviate yourselves and forget that you heard that. <laughs> all right. So do you guys have any funny or interesting stories at all that involve anything about Harry Potter? So was it last year? Mm-hmm. Last year for my birthday, my wonderful boyfriend gave me a video from James Phelps which is Fred Weasley telling me happy birthday and yeah so I am not a crier you can ask anyone I don't cry people call me heartless (laughs) like I have a friend a friend that I used to live with we'd watch movies and like she'd be bawling and look over at me and like she's like you have no heart it's like I mean I feel things but I just I don't cry um, I bawled when I saw this video. I set it up so so she was just watching TV and it just kind of came on the TV. I didn't tell her anything. So and then I was kind of secretly filming. She saw me filming. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Just don't, never mind me." And then all of a sudden, she's like, "Fred Weasley's on the TV. That's weird." And then Fred Weasley like called her out by name, and that's and then she was just kind of had this look on her face like, like. I, I obviously it's a podcast, so you can't you can't see the look, but it was it was worth it was worth it. It was wonderful. I, I enjoyed it as much as she did. I think I had to I had to rewatch it because the first time I was so so shocked by it. I have no idea what he said to me, so I had to rewatch it to actually listen to him. He said everything I paid him to say. No, he he actually the, the way it worked is you you just kind of give him like a rough idea of what you'd like the message you'd like to convey and then he says it and he gave you like a bit of harry potter trivia yeah as well and it, so he did a he did a wonderful job he he uh i was very pleased with uh with how he presented it and everything it was, it was really cool it was very cool yeah i remember when you shared that video on facebook and my jaw literally dropped because I had no idea what – was it Cameo or something like yeah. that? Cameo, yeah, yeah. I had never seen anything like that. And I thought Matt just like had the hookups and I was so <laughs> jealous. I was like, what is going on? How did this happen? What is this magic? <laughs> what about you, Matt? Do you have any interesting stories or is it one that you share there with, with Kimbra? Yeah, that's probably the one I, I could think of. Um, 
I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing stands out to me much more than that. I will say, and this will expose my age a little bit, but I was working in a Borders Books and Music when the books were coming out. Not the first one, but um, probably the, I don't know, second, third, I'm, I'm not sure which ones, but I, I had, it was before the movies, so I didn't really know. I knew it was a really popular book, but I was like, what are these crazy kids doing coming in here at midnight waiting to buy these books? But I thought it was cool because, like you said, it was getting young people to read. And I thought that was a wonderful thing. So um, when the movies did finally come out, I was like, well, let's, you know, let's see what this is. The commercials look cool. But uh, instantly I could understand the appeal. I did. And I did try to read it before. Like I said, I did try to read it, but I just couldn't. I didn't know the characters. I, I needed like I did the same thing with Lord of the Rings. I could not read Lord of the Rings until I saw the films, and then I did go and read those books. So someday I'll read the Harry Potter books. I will say the uh, the unabridged audiobooks of Lord of the Rings are really well done. It, it, that was the easiest way for me to go through those ones because uh, J.R.R. Tolkien can take 17 pages to talk about a blade of grass. It, it yes. gets very redundant. And there's so many names. And, and I think the way that that first book starts is like kind of an epilogue. And it was like a history. And by the time I got to the end of that chapter, I was like, I don't even know what I just read. <laughs> I just I've been reading for like an hour, I think. And I don't I couldn't tell you anything that I just read. I'm actually listening to those books right now. Yeah. 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 Be, because I can't. I, I think I tried to pick up the book and I was once, like, I couldn't get past the first paragraph. Once you once you are familiar with the characters, though, from the films, then it it's helps. easier because at least for me, I have a hard time remembering names. So, uh, but once I get that, then I'm like, okay, now I can keep up with the, uh, with what's happening and stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you, as we've already said a few different times, you have your own podcast. You have your your own YouTube station as well. Station is not the right word. You have your channel. own. You can call channel. it a station. I'm, oh. it's all right. <laughs> um, but no, you have your own YouTube channel. How can people find you? Where are you guys at other than YouTube? Tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so the podcast is called Fantastic Cruising, and that is with an I, Fantastic. If you search for Fantastic Cruising on the Googles, it'll it'll come up, no doubt, in many locations. Uh, any of your favorite podcast services should carry it. If they don't, let me know, and we will make that happen. But I'm pretty sure we're on just about everywhere you can also go to Facebook if you are interested in in the podcast and join the Fantastic Cruising community over there. Uh, for the YouTube channel, just go to YouTube. You can search Fantastic Cruising, but you'll get better results if you search Fantastic Studios. We do have a we do have at least one Harry Potter video on there with that our review of when the Hagrid ride yep. first came out. It's short, um, but I think I think if you search Fantastic Cruising on YouTube, it will still come up. I think you'll still find us. I don't know. I, I haven't done it in a while. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that'll work. Yeah, and, and you guys are also travel advisors. Tell tell us about that really quick. What's that all about? Yeah, so we can book your cruise. So fantastic travel is what we call ourselves for that. So if you are interested in cruising, have questions about cruising, want to book a cruise, uh, fantastictravel at gmail.com. I could eventually book land vacations, but cruising <laughs> is our focus at the moment. That's why we did it. So we, you know, when we were not really, it wasn't something we were thinking about when we started the podcast. And uh, one of our other listeners, we had them on the, to talk about being a travel advisor or travel agent. And after the episode was over, we like 
kind of hung out with them virtually for a little bit. And he basically was like, you should just do this. You should just don't even air my episode. So, but we did, but, uh, he kind of talked us into it and, um, we, we get a lot of perks for ourselves for doing it, for booking our own cruises, honestly, but it's also, we both enjoy teaching people about cruising and helping people with cruising. So it's just a really natural fit for us. So if you are, yeah, like Kimber said, if you are interested in booking a cruise, uh, consider us because we are doing it because we have a passion for cruising and we just want to share that with other people. And we will make sure that uh, we we get you on the right ship to the right destinations for what you want out of that cruise. And I can personally speak to that as Cheyenne and I and four of our friends have done that. We have booked with you guys, and so far it has been super easy. I haven't had to do anything. Uh, I haven't had to unwillingly do anything. I've also looked through all the crew <laughs> stuff because I'm very excited about it. But one, I wanted to support you guys. But it has been very nice not having to be on the phone uh, with like people from Carnival or Royal Caribbean, whoever we're, we would be booked through. Uh, you guys have made it super easy, super simple. All we've had to do is just give you our money. And it, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. If, if a travel agent or advisor ever charges you more than you would pay for booking yourself, don't go through that person. It shouldn't cost you anything. In fact, you should be able to get the lowest rate and possibly a lower rate than you could booking for yourself, depending on the, on the situation and the, and the cruise and that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely a way to go. Even if you don't go through us, go through a travel advisor, especially if you're new to it, because you're going to get more access to good deals and it's, it's not going to cost you anything and you'll gain time if nothing else. Wonderful. Well, guys, it has been great having you here, talking with you guys about Harry Potter, getting your guys' insights to everything, and even having Matt having you point out things that I didn't talk about. And just it's it's a great time. I love this. Thanks for being my guinea pigs. Do you guys have any parting words, wisdom, or anything for anybody listening at all? Which is a surprise. Uh, I didn't I didn't spring that one in the 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 sheet that I send you guys for that's okay that's all right that's all right no I I would just say thank you for inviting us on here thank you for letting me come on here as I am not the um, knowledge master that Kimbra is but I I thoroughly enjoyed it and I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and your friendship so thank you so much thank you yeah I also want to say thank you for letting me geek out about Harry Potter for like an hour because it's I have friends that like Harry Potter, but you're definitely at a level that are different. So it's it's really cool to be able to like delve deep into Harry Potter. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait until you guys do your next show so I can come in and, and listen. It's it's going to be different for me because I'm going through a, do- a job change, and so I won't be able to just listen to it like I normally do. I'll be tuning in live when you guys do it. So it's going to be different for me but i'm excited for it but all right guys thank you so much have a wonderful day thanks tony thanks wow that was a really fun interview and i think a huge success being the first interview for this podcast next week we're going to be jumping back into harry potter and the sorcerer's stone going back into our next chapter diagon alley we're going to look at harry and hagrid going in and buying the stuff that harry needs for school It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. I can't wait until then. 
If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please like it, share it, subscribe to it, all of the fun stuff that everybody always says about whatever they're producing. So please like it, share it, talk about it. Anybody that you know that has an interest in Harry Potter, show this to them, let them listen to it. I want to know your guys' thoughts. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, please email me, commonroomtalk at gmail.com. I'll even read your guys' emails live on the podcast. We'll talk about it. It doesn't matter if it's from the first book, the last book, the fourth movie. I don't care. Let me know your guys' thoughts. Let's have talking points and just have a good time with it. I want to incorporate you guys as much as possible. And so, yeah. Thank you guys again so much for listening. It is wonderful to be able to do this with you guys. My name's Tony, I'm your host, and this is Common Room Talk.